From an energetic perspective, the world operates in cycles or waves, and these cycles can also impact our energies, especially when it comes to how productive we are and our self-discipline. When we are on the high end of the cycle, we can feel invincible, empowered, like we can handle anything that comes our way. But at the bottom, when we are struggling, the feelings of hopelessness and self-doubt can enter our reality and we often forget the techniques we used when we were successful. In this episode, Alexander and I discuss the roles we play in our behavior that may lead us to these lulls and also many new perspectives that may help inspire you to climb your way out of, or if you are already there, stay consistent with your productivity toward your current goals. Now, if you feel inspired by our podcasts and are called to assist us monetarily in the production of these episodes, you can make a gratuitous donation on our patron page and as a thank you, receive behind the scenes and exclusive content. To do this, go to wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Other ways you can support us are sharing the podcast on social media, telling your open-minded friends how this podcast has impacted your life, and even reaching out to gain access to your energetic makeup by getting your human design and destiny card charts and readings, which will further help how you can interact with this information that we offer. For those of you listening now, you at least have had the self-discipline to be interested in changing the way you respond to energy, and that is beautiful. But now it's time to get this party started. So now... Let's journey. Wise with Aaron and Alexander uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness conscious communication and emotional responsibility since meeting you Alexander and getting introduced to this philosophy I feel like I've been more mindful over my energy on a daily basis, monthly basis, and even a yearly basis. And I've noticed um, kind of the, the ins and outs, the ups and downs of my energy and looking at it as a whole and learning to trust versus always having that Aries willpower going on. Mm-hmm. So today I wanted to talk about um, the role self-discipline plays in our lives and how it relates to productivity and how like we can get really down on ourselves sometimes when we when we lack these things if you've always been a driven individual like myself i've experienced these lulls lately and i feel like i have been hard on myself right. uh, in the in the past couple years but lately i've been trying to trust myself and the universe a little more so let's get into what self discipline and productivity means to you within this just philosophy Yes, this is an expanding topic that uh, that I do enjoy looking at, and it does uh, work some with this third chakra of that balance between willpower and trust. And 
it is a kind of a different path per individual and our birth information uh, that we review over the with the destiny cards and the human design you know can help a person see kind of uh, where they fit into this uh, the different types uh, the manifestors manifesting generators generators projectors and reflectors are the five basic types of people and this is shown through the human design and uh, please contact me if you would be interested in a reading or some more information on this. And in that, there are certain types such as projectors and reflectors that literally don't have motors of their own, uh, subtle energy motors to, to have the impetus to make things happen. So many times they can be judged as um, lazy or a lack of drive. And it's very unfortunate because they can take uh, that as abuse and the parent not really understand but typically the manifestors, the manifesting generators and the generators have more uh, impetus to make things happen. And so when one of those types has a projector or reflector child, uh, they can misunderstand what's, what's happening. And the projectors and reflectors are really just designed to do things in partnerships. And I did want to touch on their types first because if you just feel like you've always had a lack of drive uh, by your own self startup, if you will, to make things happen yourself, then it's likely that you're one of these two types of people and there's truly nothing wrong with you. You were truly designed to do things in partnerships or groups. And so if this has been an ongoing thing throughout your life, please be easy on yourself. Uh, work to break the stigma that you have had to hear throughout your whole life about being lazy, especially if you were compared to another sibling um, that happens a lot. And so I do implore you people out there that this has been consistently through your life to give yourself a break and a little pat on the back and a different approach. And please reach out if you would like help with that. Now, the majority of this podcast, I think, is going to be more focused on uh, people that maybe have lost that drive, that had it at one time or another. And life or other events have um, created obstacles that maybe created mental or emotional or energetic uh, or even spiritual uh, challenges that can take a person's drive away. And I really feel that in order for a person to have the discipline that they that they really seeking to have, there has to be that. I don't really necessarily call it a reward, but something that really drives you that you're working towards. And that incentive is what really needs to be there for somebody to be consistent with, um, with discipline. Could you just uh, break down what would be your definition of self-discipline? Because I, I think the definitions may be similar, but uh, perspective-wise, I think people might differ a little bit. So, yeah, so self-discipline... Uh, some people can seem like it just comes natural to them, and some it's a much uh, larger challenge. And once again, I'm going to speak just briefly in this um, this mapping of the human design. 
you get to see energy centers that are activated where you're putting energy out into the world. And then you get to see energy centers that aren't activated. And this is where I help empaths understand uh, how they're taking on other people's energy. So when somebody has a lot of white or open energy centers, they're very susceptible to energies around them. So sometimes that's where uh, someone can be around a certain person and feel that they're more creative, like they get more done, uh, that they get less tired when they when they work. And all of this is actual truth in the subtle energy world. And then they can't do the same when that person isn't around. And this is an example of how we share energy. So in the self-discipline realm, when that is recognized, sometimes that person will project that it's the other person that holds this light that they just can't hold the same. And so they will actually lift somebody else up and kind of pull themselves down. And I think having this information can help someone accept, oh, this isn't just me being lazy. This is an actual, uh, it's actually a physiology issue of, of the way that the energy is, is working in, the, in that environment. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong or there shouldn't be any judgment with that because there's multiple ways to work with that when you have the information. So self-discipline can mean to me or this philosophy that it's something that once you say out loud something that you want to change, then the suggestion is start working towards that because you have actually started with that that intention. If you don't, the more you talk about it, kind of the heavier it can seem to get. And I will hear people use phrases all the time like, well, I know I shouldn't eat that, or I know that I shouldn't do that, but I do. And I would just suggest to them, then don't talk about it. You know, if you're if you know it, then know it. But when the more you talk about what you should and shouldn't be doing and the less you do of it, the more of that guilt that comes in. And so, you know, when there's already an issue with self-discipline and then you add on guilt, it just continues to go down and down and down. And most people work well with many rewards to set your your goals um, to where they can actually be accomplished daily. So a person feels like that energy is building. And I think that that's once again, uh, something that people miss because they'll say something like, I want to lose uh, 25 pounds. Well, why not start with losing two pounds and then say, no, I want to lose two more. I don't want to lose two more. See that, that where we set the bar is a big, one of the biggest obstacles for most people because it's, it's further than they can reach. And so they might make it five or 10 pounds in and then have a slip up and then wind up beating themselves up, eating ice cream and candy and gaining that 10 pounds right back to where if they were more focused on a daily or weekly uh, type goal that they could feel like they actually accomplished, that incentive is so important. Yeah, there's that saying, aim for the stars. But of course, <laughs> there are many, many, many steps you need to take in order to build up high enough to reach the stars. Yes, yes. And, you know, the, the, sometimes it does help some people to set that loftier goal because uh, some personalities, once they pat themselves on the back, they take a break. And so this does get down into, you know, you know yourself 
as well as anybody at this point, all you listeners out there. And so the main, one of the main hardest and most challenging things to do is to be honest with ourselves. And that's the only way that you're truly going to break these patterns and make these changes is by being honest with yourself and self-discipline is part of that. Um, you shouldn't guilt yourself, but you should keep yourself in check. And so it's similar to, you know, looking at where you've been through a rearview mirror just at a glance like you do in a car, but don't stare at it and hold on to it. And if you make a mistake, same thing. Glance at it every now and then to remember, but don't focus on it and let it tear you down. Um, That's what the uh, rearview mirror view can be useful for, just a glance. So this is uh, also similar to what we say in our intro, which is uh, consistent changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. Right. So again, I think that we're just really taught, I mean, or it can be applied to this as far as uh, taking little bites out of that giant chocolate cake is a lot better than eating the entire cake right. <laughs> at once. Yes, yes. And, and you know, sometimes uh, people may need to see a success in like a slight change rather than something drastic. So, you know, whether you set the the mini goals and you meet them or you set a lofty goal and you try for that, you know, that's per individual. And it just really helps to have an understanding of your, your makeup to know what external energies or people or situations are creating even more of an obstacle or more of an aid to you. And it goes both ways. And so part of understanding ourselves is understanding how we affect our environment and those around us and how that environment affects us. And this is part of the emotional processing and that we discuss throughout this podcast. For me, I, I feel like that I identify or I allow myself to be defined by my self-discipline. So when I don't live up to my own standards of what I want my what I want the level of my self-discipline to be, I get down on myself. Mm-hmm. And then I go into a period of reflection and think that you know I need to go easier on myself because it may be just a cycle that uh, or a resting time. But what are the dangers of defining yourself by your self-discipline? Well, I think that you know part of that uh, the definition comes through the structure that is set up uh, for that self-discipline. And many people try self-discipline techniques to to do things better or different without a structure, and it can be more challenging in that way. And even for the people that, such as myself, I, I really don't live within too much structure. But anytime self-discipline comes in, I want structure. And, and if I'm really looking to change something to get up at the same time every morning and, and meditate or start my exercise or do whatever that like builds me toward that, that whatever I want to meet. And I was given a teaching very early in my search by a wonderful man that said simply, it was so simple, but it rings so true that whatever's most important to you do first thing in your day. Because the day gets away from most people and most people save themselves or that that thing that they want for themselves for the end of the day and they find themselves exhausted and tired and going to bed without ever getting to that. So get up 15 minutes earlier to, to start that and that's setting an intention for you today of no, this change is important. 
and I'm going to do this. And this getting up and being still, whether it's meditation or exercise, this is going to push me toward that goal that I want. And I'm going to start my day in this way each time. And then you're able to go through the rest of your day feeling good about what you've got accomplished. And then the conversation becomes more of what you did do today rather than what you are hoping to do this evening or the changes that you want to be doing. Is It changes the whole verbiage and it changes the vibration that you're passing along to someone. No, I think you're definitely onto something there. And I know that I think that I used to work a different way in my past as far as uh, motivating myself. And now as I'm growing older, I really feel like I need that structure. But then I struggle with my self-discipline to implement that structure. So I'm not helping my self-discipline. It's like a, a cyclical process that's going downhill. Yeah. And, and that is the thing that, you know, once the structure is uh, created, then I like to say, you know, life is funny. It likes to test you three times. And so remember that, that when you do set this new intention, you set the structure to be prepared for three obstacles right away to see if you're serious about that structure and about that self-discipline. And it could be somebody coming over or somebody calling or you not falling asleep, uh, you know, at the, the right time the night before. There can be many, many things. So, so once you set your structure... Then I like to say, uh, set up your soldiers for that structure to defend it because it's going to be tested. And I just like to say life is funny that way. It just kind of grabs its chin and says, oh, really? You, you want to lose some weight? Okay, well, then we're going to throw a birthday party your way. We're going to throw a celebration at work with cake. You know, we're going to throw these obstacles for you to give you the opportunity to say, no, I'm serious about this. No, I'm serious. And that's why there is no try in change. You're either changing or you're not. So, you know, pay attention to that and, and find that incentive. Find, find that either daily or weekly incentive that, that you do get rewarded some way by doing this, uh, this challenge that you're, that you're going through. But the majority of the time, one of the biggest things that I want to suggest is stillness. Stillness before action or stillness after action. But stillness is so important for integration, is so important for a preparation. So please don't look past stillness. You don't have to call it meditation. You don't have to sit for long periods of time. But you will find out that most people that implement just stillness in their structure, uh, it assists either, like I said, before the movement or after the movement um, so please uh, do your best to implement stillness in some way, shape, or form. And just an example of what you're talking about. Uh, recently, I've you know I've tried to set like a like a structure in my bedtime, and when I've done that, those experiences have come to me like maybe somebody like right before my bedtime wants to talk about like like their favorite music or my favorite music or somebody wants to, you know, ask me questions about myself, which I don't, I feel like I don't talk about myself that often or I don't know what it is, but I do like to talk about myself when Didn't somebody miss, asks me. miss the opportunity, you know? yeah. Yeah, so, so I get into that and then, you know, it's like one, two hours after and you mm -hmm. kind of, you're like, wow, what happened here? That's the perfect example of that and it's, you know, once again, life being a little hilarious and I'll give an example to tie into that that I experienced last night. I had a group call 
from with about uh, six to eight different people all over the U.S. And then someone on that group call uh, wanted we wanted to have a private conversation. And so after the group call, I, I sent a message and said, hey, let me know over the next few days when you're available. And we really wanted to have this conversation on both sides. And he actually sent me a message right back and said, hey, in five minutes, I'll have time. But he's three hours different. This was already at like uh, past 10 o'clock. And I normally don't talk on the phone past 7 or 8 p.m. typically. But this meeting was set up for 9 p.m. Eastern Standard because there were different time zones involved. And so after that, I had all this stuff that I really wanted to talk to this beautiful person about, uh, some plans that we're making and working out. But in that moment, I took that pause and I went, A, this is going to be a lengthy conversation because we want to connect. B, it's already way past my bedtime and this is going to interfere with how I get up in the morning, blah, 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 blah. So I made an executive decision and I didn't go after what I wanted. I stayed within my structure and I just sent a message and I said, oh, brother, it's my bedtime and I want to be fully present for you and not rushing or anything like that. Can we please do it over the next couple of days? And he, of course, said right away, yes, I should have some time tomorrow. And I said, just uh, just let me know. Just let me know. So uh, so that's one of those examples to, you know, to kind of smile because I, I came really close to stepping into that arena as well. And it's always basically around something that you want. And uh, we have some information to work out to make some decisions going down the road. So I normally want those resolved as soon as possible. But uh, I do trust that we'll get together either uh, today or tomorrow and that he didn't take that personally, you know, when I said, you know, it's my bedtime. And um, I started to put that letter was tired. It was interesting because when you start to give the reason of why, and everybody doesn't always need to give a reason, but I happen to not mind giving a reason. I kind of sat there and I had to get real of of why am I saying this? And I could have used that I'm tired uh that I don't have time for it, many different things. But the honesty of it was that I looked and it was past 10 o'clock and I'm still considering a phone call and this is way past my bedtime. And uh, maybe that sounded uh, a little childish and able to be received easier. I don't know, but that was my truth and it was received. No, I think the way that you posed it, like like you could have said, oh, it's past my bedtime, but you chose to say that I wanted to be more present for you, like that's a great example of um, saying things in a way that are more meaningful or, or more easily to be digested by the other person. And, you know, giving an example of how to set boundaries. That's what many people don't appreciate is that there's many people out there that need examples of how to set boundaries. And many are scared to say no because they're going to hurt someone's feelings. But I'm a big a proponent of, of saying no. People need to hear no. Uh, they need to, to be able to say no more often. And it's not just a, you know, a blunt no. There is an explanation. There is a more pure intent behind this. And the more that you can show that you're taking care of yourself, that example, you know, once again can be inspiring to give somebody the self-discipline or the impetus to, to make that that change happened in their life. So that's why, you know, we do need more examples than teachers. And sometimes the best example is by doing what's hard. And you may inspire somebody by just, 
you know, in a conversation at work and you say, you know, I've started getting up 15 minutes early, working out a little bit, and I just feel so much better throughout my day. You know, saying that rather than at lunch and you're saying, oh, I really want to start working out and I keep trying to find time, but I can't find time, blah, blah, blah. So see, you're planting seeds of some type. And if you want to be an inspiration of any type, then just do and then talk about what you've done. Don't want to do and talk about what you want to do because that's not inspiring, but that will pull people into the conversation because they'll go, oh, I want to do that too. And once again, if you can switch that conversation to, I did this this morning, and somebody else says, well, I did too. Now, those two people can inspire 10 people. And that's the way that that avalanche gets going. But it gets going through a person talking about what they did this morning, so to say, in their change rather than what they want to do. So let's jump into another part of all this. And I've experienced this lately, which is the downfall of my productivity. And like I mentioned earlier, I feel like my last like 10 years have been nothing but self-discipline and being productive. Mm -hmm. I've had uh, full-time jobs and then I've worked freelance jobs on top of those. Just so, I mean, this is just like a self-discipline and productivity in like the money realm of, Mm -hmm. of just making money so I can through work, through work. yeah, Yeah. Working steadily. And I remember, you know, nothing got in my way of doing that. And so this experience lately has been very different. And it's taken me a little while to trust that it's for my benefit. So I've just, in the last year, felt my energy or my, I guess, uh, desire to work (laughs) or have the self-discipline to work as hard as I have wither away. Mm-hmm. And so with doing our Trust vs. Willpower episode last summer, I kind of looked to that and thought that maybe I should trust this because this is probably good for me in some way. And and maybe astrologically, I'm supposed to be going through this time. And, and so I'm assuming that people go through this and mm-hmm. that there's not just like super people <laughs> that are out there just plowing through, you know, not stopping for anything. And maybe there are, but maybe there's a cost to that. Sure, sure. And so I want to kind of learn to go with the energy and not, you know, make it harder on myself or have a larger cost. So I have um, rested a lot. And in that, I have had several illnesses and within the last year that I've rested and and I'm trying to get my health back together. So I feel like I, I went through a whole down cycle of almost everything energetically and I'm trying to start building that back up. So mm-hmm. I did want to talk about what what are the causes or what what things happen to us that that cause this like downfall? And is it all just like an energetic cycle or could there be other things? Yeah, many times, well, energetic cycles can certainly play a role and they're always worth researching. And, and that's what I do in my private practice to give people that information. But another part of that downfall of energy is disappointment. And many of us have an attachment to Uh, certain goals or certain things that we feel like we want to experience. And when those don't come through or when they uh, begin for a little while and then they falter, um, people's inspiration can drop. And, And this is why I'm a very big proponent of the term perseverance. And in all of the greats that I studied through my metaphysical studies and religious studies, 
that was the one consistency that I saw, that everybody that's been had stories written about them didn't have the red carpet rolled out for them in life, so to say. They persevered through challenge after challenge after challenge. Mother Teresa, Jesus, Gandhi, Yogananda, just many, many different ones that that uh, persevered through resistance. And now in this day and time that uh, subtle energy is becoming a little bit more popular, you know, there's a lot of people that say that, well, if you st- feel any resistance, then you may be going in the wrong direction. And I don't necessarily agree with that, that, you know, uh, that's why I coined a phrase of make love to the friction in life, that friction is where things grow. And so this is why when we make the choice to internally change consistently, there's always going to be a little bit of friction there. And that keeps that fire going. So many times when I see people's productivity drop, they don't have either that inspiration or they don't have the strength of the perseverance to deal with the friction of doing what's hard to make something happen. And I love watching documentaries of whether it's around music or or movies or how things get done or how uh, even athletes, how they wind up where they do because it's normally some type of structure and self-discipline that these people did that was above and beyond what everybody around them was doing. And, and you know, you can ask them, each individual, like, hey, what was your inspiration? And you'll hear all types of things. It could be a parent that has died. It could be someone that's sick in their life. It could be somebody that uh, just for themselves, a selfish reason. It could be for their child or so many things. But I think it's important for each individual to ask yourself, like, what inspires me? What am I working towards? And I want to go ahead and say at the beginning, if the answers keep coming up, nothing, 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 then put forth more effort because we are here to receive, but receiving is an action. You still have to make yourself available to receive. And that's that's important to remember. And so some people can get too much into trust and just sit back and just wait completely for things to happen. And that's not what, uh, you know, in the human design it is. Certain types are told to um, to respond to life. And it's even written some places wait to respond. And I really don't care for that word wait because it confuses people. Where Generators and manifesting generators are here to respond, but not to wait to respond. Uh, you go out there and put yourself out around the marketplace and see what you're there to respond to. But if you don't ever go to the marketplace, you may not get the message. So it's a very fine line in that dance between willpower and trust. And that's why I like to suggest it is a dance for most people. It's not one way or another, but there are people out there using those polarities and only doing it one way. And I think that the people that try to dance with trust, that's what can start to be heavy because they're not actively, you know, pushing that ball a little bit up the hill to get the momentum for it to go by itself. That's an important facet of this is as that productivity starts to drop, looking at, did you just lose something or someone? Did you just have a disappointment of some type? If these things are true, then understand that this is connected to our last podcast about passion that you have probably misplaced your passion onto a person, place, or thing rather than a wider view. As when it was said, you know, uh, like even when the word love is mentioned, 
you know, somebody that's really in love, they're not attached to the the animal or the the person. They're just choosing to be in that love state, and they know mentally that, hey, everybody and everything has to die on this plane, and so I'm going to love this as long as I can, and then not just replace it, but I know that there will be something else that I can put that love on. So it's not a matter that you're replacing things or people or animals or anything like that, but you're realizing that your love isn't dependent on that particular experience. And it's the same thing with success. Some people choose that success is a certain money amount or success is a certain car or certain home or things like that. And, you know, success, one of my definitions for success is when you are able to be completely self-sufficient and not having to follow anyone else's direction to make your livelihood, to raise your family, to do all the things that you want to do, and you're able to do them on your own terms, while not affecting anyone negatively in society around you. Now, uh, some people wouldn't see that as success, but a successful relationship, for example, doesn't necessarily equal 30 or 40 years. To me, it equals what you get out of the relationship, and that's up to each individual. That relationship may be a 15-minute conversation with a bum on the street or 15 years with a lover. But I know people that can get more out of that 15 minutes with a bum on the street than the 15 years with a lover. So it is what you put into and receive from the relationship that determines whether the relationship was a success or not. And so work with those words. What do I see as success? What will I call a success? What is inspiring me? What is, what is the next step instead of the end goal? Just what is that next step? And to, you know, be able to pat yourself on the back a little bit and see those little wins getting toward, you know, it's very similar to a sports. Like right now we're moving into football season. I don't really keep up with sports, but I, I use the analogies because the goal is that Super Bowl, uh, the end game. But they have to play a lot of games and a lot of practices to get to that end game. And so each game is like something that either inflates them to go toward that goal or deflates them and if the best coaches are able to to talk to their players in a way to not just focus on that loss to let that go and focus on the next game and keep moving forward keep moving forward and that's what I feel like we need to do in life is that when we have a disappointment or let down to be willing to accept that and just go okay what's the next step Not how am I going to fix this, how am I going to resolve this, but just what is that next step and work towards finding that inspiration that will help you with that uh, to gain the strength to set up the structure and then the follow through with the self-discipline. And I think uh, some type of reward or or something that where you feel like you're you are moving in that direction is very useful for a lot of people. Yeah, last year around the time period that I'm talking about, I had a few fives in my life, which is all about restlessness around those, those subjects. And I do think that I misplaced my passion. Um, I, when we're talking about the apparel company, I put mm-hmm. a lot of my, my creative passion into that. And I did have a lot of expectations uh, monetarily for it. And when I was starting to question its um, sustainability and then having information come in 
and me kind of start deciding that I need to take it in another direction, I do think that that was a little bit inflating. And, and so I want, I actually wanted to, would you say deflating? Yes. Yes. Deflating. I did want to ask you about what would be the difference between like perseverance and trust. Like what, what does that look like? Because it, and is perseverance willpower those two the same? Uh, good question. And I think that perseverance really carries possibly the finest mixture of trust and willpower and knowing when to exhibit uh, one or the other. And, you know, that's where sometimes when we feel resistance in moving towards something, like if somebody challenges something in this philosophy to me, say in a social situation, my willpower isn't going to help the situation. My trust, if that comes in and I go, I want to persevere through this without uh, causing any harm and hopefully bringing clarity, then the first thing is trust that this person has a valid point. Whether I agree with it or not, I need to accept and trust that this is coming to me for something for me, not just a challenge, but something to learn. And that's that very first step of perseverance, I feel like, is that that you're choosing, as we have in one of the five pillars of this work, you're choosing to make every person or every situation your teacher. And that is a choice. It doesn't have to be because you can't prove it, but you can be the investigator yourself. So and to see that resistance and to be able to trust that there's something here for you and then kick in the willpower to persevere through this by diplomatic response and say, well, please explain your point to me. And then they explain and we get into a conversation, not a debate, because once again, it's the balance between the trust and knowing when to back off, especially if you see the the emotions rising, then you don't want to bring willpower in. You want to bring trust in and and let me show this person that that I'm safe, I'm trustworthy to share this information, that they're not going to be attacked. And it's less likely that there will be these defense mechanisms that come up. So I think that's a great place to to start with that perseverance and the blend of willpower and trust. And then it's kind of like just a repeat as needed. When you run into resistance, bring in trust first, establish what this situation is bringing you, then use willpower to persevere through it without force, and then learn what you can from it and, and move on. And that's, uh, that's just been a beautiful example that, that many great teachers have, have taught. And I think it's useful to have somebody that inspires you in that way, to hold into your vision, whether it is somebody iconic like Jesus or it's a grandfather or father or brother. If it's somebody more personal to you, I, I happen to feel that it may be even more powerful. But have somebody, you know, just kind of scan through your mind someone that you really respect that holds the example that you would like to work towards. And it's not a comparing. It's an inspiration, not to be like them, but to be inspired by them and all of their challenges. So that's the thing. I don't want to be like anybody. I don't want to compare myself to anybody. But there are greats that I go, man, when I'm down, I go, is this as hard as Jesus had it? No, it's not. Is this as hard as as Gandhi or Yogananda or or even uh, my 
dear Mother Teresa that shares my birthday. That's one I pull on a lot because I've studied her uh, as well as many other great teachers. And so many times when I'm down, that's the first question I ask is, does this fall into the realms of these greats? And I'm not suggesting that everybody should do this, but this is where, once again, it's not comparing. It is inspiring. And for me to go, oh, what I'm dealing with now is nothing in comparison to this other person. That inspires me to go, if they did that, I can surely do this, just this next step. And as long as you keep it on just that next step, you will more than likely create the incentive and you pull in people or situations that have inspired you that you've either directly experienced or studied. And that becomes the fuel for that structure, that self-discipline, the consistency of effort. And change is a whole lot more realistic to bring you back up out of that uh, apathy and back into something that will feed you. So as we are uh, getting to the end of this episode, you've already um, gave examples and and some tools on how to uh, motivate yourself to get out of these lulls, but I did want to bring in a few more. Um, what about having uh, a set goal or an intention and then every decision that you have to make uh, that that corresponds to that goal, you always look at the goal and make sure that it resonates with that. I think that's one that, that I've been starting to want to utilize and, and just make sure that all of my decisions have that goal in mind. Yeah, that support that direction or it doesn't. It either supports or it deters. Very rarely is it just neutral. Um, and that's same with the food that you put in your body. Is it feeding you or, you know, like with liquid, you put liquid in, but coffees and alcohol dehydrate. They don't hydrate. So once again, are you looking to uh, build your hydration or to weaken it? And so whether it's food, whether it's music, whether it's a show on TV, um, you know, we really... Most people don't understand how much training goes on in that and like what you're viewing through your eyes and combined with the sounds and that experience, um, that's really what I think has desensitized a lot of young people uh, to this date is that they, when you get raised around the environment of killing and that type of thing on TV so much, it has less of an effect um, in, in regular life. So, so once again, pay attention to your structure because whether you realize it or not, you are developing a structure, uh, around you that is either, yes, building you toward what you want to be at or pulling you further away from it. And depending on how big that goal is, you may have to look at other parts of your life that you may not think corresponds. Like you were saying with like the TV, if, if your goal was to be healthier, you know, what you watch on TV may not be, you know, uh, what you would immediately think to look at, but, sure. but in a larger or watching, goal. Or watching TV at all. Yeah. You know, it, and that's that's where it can get really, one can get really honest with themselves is when they go, okay, I want this result. Now let me look at everything that I'm doing and let me take out everything that's not uh, moving me towards that result. And uh, people's lives would change drastically if they uh, looked at it through that view. And I think it's a great view to have. And can we use love to uh, start to motivate us toward toward our goals? I think so, except I will bring in that normally what most people call love, there is an attachment to it. And um, so if you're investing like to try to win someone's love, 
then you're probably setting yourself yeah. up for disappointment. <laughs> but if it's just a universal love or it's unconditional love or it's something beyond uh, person, place, or thing, then certainly. But I think that really comes back to love of the self. And I think that, that is a big part of this subject that we have been discussing and how one feels about themselves is going to have a direct correlation to the structure, the self-discipline, and to understand that if you're not happy with yourself, you can change today. Right after this episode is over, you can do something right away to make a change. And no small change is, is too small. Uh, it's, it's, many, it's all the little changes that most people miss, like the TV shows and the food they eat and that kind of thing, that they miss the support that they really need for the big thing that they're working on. And so pay attention to the small things. Uh, they are leading you, like like we've said, either towards your goal or pulling you away from it. And that can be friends as well. It can be people that you're hanging out with, whether they're supportive or you can tell that they're not supportive of the direction you're going. That doesn't mean you have to end a friendship with them, but you may start to regulate how much you interact with them. So, uh, so kind vibes to all you people out there making adjustments and interested in growing and uh, keep on uh, chiming in with us and, and letting us know what you think on our Facebook group. And I'm so thankful for all of you. And that was a beautiful way to end it, Alexander. And I will throw out that the best time to start a self-discipline or a self-love or, or any type of philosophy within your life for self-betterment is three years ago and today. Absolutely. And now stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Enjoy.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verities Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment and sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.